It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this is Raven News. Life in the small island communities of Southeast Alaska may feel isolated, but in reality, no place is safe from the ripple effects of a globalized economy. In Cake, a village of about 500, residents are feeling the squeeze of inflation especially hard, as transportation costs have driven up the price of food and basic necessities to unimaginable levels. But, as KCAW's Tosh Kimmel reports, locals are refining old strategies and developing some new ones to stay ahead of inflation. As any Alaskan will tell you, life in the 49th state isn't cheap. But for those living in remote villages and especially island communities, prices can be astronomical. In Cake, a village on Kupernoff Island, it's no different, something lifelong resident Chelsea Lewis has come to terms with. Food is one of those things that we kind of, as a family, just know that we're going to have to spend money on. And so that's one of those things we don't really... We try not to think about too much because if you thought about it too much here, we'd probably move. (laughs) Lewis and her husband run a YouTube channel chronicling their life in rural Alaska. While their content ranges from Q&As to fishing trips, their most popular videos document their grocery hauls. In one with over 40,000 views, Lewis shows us what $600 gets her at the local grocery store in Cake. I'm just going to go through some of the things that are kind of more expensive and show you what that looks like. This cheese here was $17.98, and then this one was $30. So I think cheese is probably the most expensive thing. But it's not just cheese that comes with a sticker shock. That's all right. That happens. Um, and then we ended up getting bananas, which were five thirty-two a pound. So it was like $7 for that bunch of bananas. As Lewis explains, there's many factors that go into the village's high food costs. Everything comes to us from Seattle. So everything goes onto a barge, and then the barge makes its way from Seattle, and it makes its way to us here in Cake. And so during that whole time it's on the barge, it has to be refrigerated. Anything that's refrigerated or frozen is really a lot more expensive. But it's not just local circumstances affecting the community's inflation rate. According to the UN Index, international factors are a driving force behind rising food prices everywhere. The price of food reached an all-time high this March as a consequence of global supply chain breakdown, rising energy prices, and the war in Ukraine. In rural southeast Alaska, where the majority of goods are barged in, higher fuel costs mean higher food costs and fewer available items. Yeah, the last time we bought like a gallon of milk, it was like $9. And then what happens here often is that we actually run out of um, milk pretty often. And so like my husband went to go get milk on, uh, I think, Friday, and they were already out of, like, the regular gallon size, so we had to buy, like, two, like, small quart sizes, and then so that's even more, so it's, like, $10 for two little quart sizes. But even for those who do shop locally, timing is everything. Go to the store too late, and you could miss out on even the most basic necessities. The barge comes in on, like, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and if you're not there on Wednesday, you're probably not going to get milk or eggs usually, so. That's Lewis's young daughter, Bonnie. So so you have to be right on it or else you're not going to get your produce that you want. To get around the high prices and scarcity issues, it's not unheard of for rural Alaskans to travel hundreds of miles to the nearest city just to grocery shop. In Lewis's case, a shopping trip to Juneau every few months is just another reality of life in the village. We'll do a big grocery haul, usually at least once a year, if not a couple times a year. Like right now, our fridge is pretty empty of uh, produce because... 
we are waiting until I travel again to buy more. <laughs> so right now we're kind of living on like frozen produce or uh, canned things. Greta Healy recently relocated to Cake for a job. She's learning to live off the village's limited options. So during a recent trip to the larger neighboring island town of Sitka, she decided to stock up on food. So we're here with your food box. Um, just tell me about what what I'm looking at. <laughs> well, we got back to Cake a few days ago and... I went shopping at Seamart and Lakeside um, before getting back here just to save some money on food. I was taking the ferry so I could bring a bunch of food with me, which was really sweet. Yeah, I mean, I tried to buy all the food for the next month because I'm not leaving for a month. If you, like, weren't able to get food outside of cake, like, what would your diet be? Like, what would you be eating? Uh, I would be eating a lot of cabbage and onions and pilot bread um fish and venison we didn't leave for like four months this fall and so that was by the end of it that was all we were eating we were eating fish tacos like at least three times a week with cabbage and fish <laughs> i mean there's definitely a, a cost of living unique story in alaska you know the difference in the cost of living between urban and rural you know rural and village and you know there's dramatic differences there neil freed is an economist with the alaska department of labor he says relief from inflation is coming, but it may be a ways down the road. Hard to predict what's going to happen to inflation, but when we look at the national numbers and we look at our numbers and we look at these most recent numbers, it appears that inflation will remain high again in 2022, even if it does begin to moderate towards the end of the year. That means food costs will reach record highs, especially in rural and village communities of Alaska. And unfortunately, supply even more content for Chelsea Lewis's YouTube channel. Reporting in Cake, Alaska, I'm Tosh Kimmel. Petersburg's borough government is looking into transferring management of its assisted living facility to the Petersburg Medical Center. It's not a done deal, but the borough assembly Monday gave the go-ahead for investigating that possibility. Joe Vicknicki reports. Borough Manager Steve Giesbrecht sought the Assembly's approval to have the borough's attorney look into transferring management of assisted living to the medical center. Giesbrecht said the borough has been unable to find a replacement for outgoing manor administrator Sheelan Bell and has also been competing with PMC to fill other vacant jobs. And what we're finding is, is between the hospital and us, we're stealing each other's employees. Um, so we're just going back and forth, which is not doing the community any good. Um, but we both have needs and we're trying to meet them. And it's becoming very clearly obvious that we have to do a better job working together on that facility if we're going to keep it functional and open. The borough has already responded to staffing shortages by filling vacant assisted living apartments with people who need a lower level of care. The borough-run assisted living wing at Mountain View Manor opened in 2004, essentially doubling the size of that building, which also has an elderly housing wing. Voters approved bonding for the expansion in 2003. It has filled a gap between independent living and long-term care at the medical center, but it operates at a loss that's made up each year by the borough's general fund. A 2019 report by a consultant found no quick fixes for manor finances, but also identified staffing as an issue even before the pandemic hit. Giesbrecht told the Assembly the medical center might be better equipped to manage it. We think there are opportunities where the hospital has the staff and the knowledge to do this a whole lot better than 
I mean, not better, wrong word to say, it, more efficiently than what we could do it on our own, especially losing someone like Sheelan with all of her experience. And the fact is we can't find anybody. Um, I don't want to have to recommend closing it. And we're, we can't find people. The idea had support from the assembly. Here's Mayor Mark Jensen. I'm looking forward to the, you know, the proposed agreement when you guys discuss it with the attorney and just to see what potential possibilities are available. We'll just have to work through it at that point. So Any agreement to transfer that facility would come back before the borough assembly at a later date, and the manager said there's much work to do and many questions remaining on what it would look like. There's also some interest on the medical center side. On a radio show earlier this month, CEO Phil Hofstetter said the hospital could step up if the need is there. And if that's something that the borough wants to do, you know, we will do everything we can to support uh, support that partnership. The municipality has looked into other possibilities for management in the past, from an independent nonprofit to a private company. In related news, the Assembly also gave PMC the green light to start looking at potential parcels of borough land for a new medical center. Manager Giesbrecht explained what that would mean. Basically, the site selection involves having to do a bunch of testing of, of the ground, you know, how much, how deep is the muskeg. It's also part of looking at locations, you know, what do the roads look like, what do the utilities look like. And, you know, Phil has money for that now, and I think the hospital would really like to get started on that. Federal legislation passed this year included $8 million for the project, and the borough is also in line to receive another $20 million to go toward site preparation and design. In master planning, PMC has looked at five potential sites, including one near the downtown location. The Medical Center Board last year passed a resolution in support of a phased approach to constructing a new facility, with three of those five under consideration. Those are near the Petersburg Indian Association building, Mountain View Manor, and the ball fields. The hospital board and assembly plan a work session on site selection June 14th. In Petersburg, I'm Joe Vicknicki. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Thursday, June 9th, 2022. Mostly cloudy, numerous rain showers in the morning, then scattered rain showers in the afternoon. Highs in the lower 60s, light winds becoming south around 10 miles per hour in the afternoon. Tonight, scattered rain showers in the evening, then widespread rain showers late. Lows in the lower 50s, light winds becoming southeast around 10 miles per hour late. Near Port Alexander, northeast winds 15 to 20 miles per hour shifting to the east late. And looking forward to tomorrow, rain showers likely, highs in the upper 50s, southeast winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW, Sitka. Good morning.